You have to take care of this dog. She's not going to go anywhere. You know, I let her out of the car several times. It was like, just go find somebody that can take care of you. You don't have to come back. And she would always come back. I truly believe that if I didn't have that one night, that I wouldn't be the man who I am today. Hello, dog lovers. Welcome back to Rescued by a Dog, the podcast about dogs who have actually saved their owners' lives. This week, I'm honored to share the deeply moving story of Jonathan and his rescue pup, Evelyn, who selflessly saved his life during a snowstorm. If you've enjoyed season two of Rescued by a Dog, I'd be massively grateful if you'd share the podcast with your friends, give a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, or amplify the stories on your socials. And if you're interested in sponsoring an episode in season three, email me at rescuedbyadogpodcast at gmail.com. Now strap yourself in for a story that will give you all the good feels. Hi. Howdy. Howdy. We did it. Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Okay. So why don't we start? Why don't you tell me what your dog's name was and what she looked like? So her name was Evelyn. Um, She was about 75 pounds when she got older, but um, typically she floated around about 65 She is a lab retriever mix. Never knew for sure. I didn't send away blood work or anything, but that's what I was told. And uh, she was, in every sense of the word, a a retriever. But she had the lab um, family calmness to her. She's a fuzzy girl. We used to call her um, polar bear when she was younger. So she really was the perfect mix. Where'd you find her? So I had prepped everything. I knew I was getting a dog. And I just started randomly looking on Craigslist and her picture popped up and I was like, oh my gosh, she is adorable. So I sent the lady a message and was like, hey, I'd I'd like to maybe just meet her. This is the thing. It was 1130 at night. And I'm like, why is she replying so late? So this girl was at a nightclub with Evelyn in her car. So I was like, um, yeah, go ahead and bring her over. And when she brought her over, she held her out in the air. And Evelyn just reached her arms out to me like, help, save me. <laughs> and I got to talking to the lady. And she, her, her boyfriend bought her the dog as a Valentine's Day present. Now, she said she was only about 16 weeks old. But I don't know. I, I'm not, I wasn't confident in anything she told me about the dog. She worked full-time and was going to school full-time. So she took Evelyn in the car with her everywhere she went. So Evelyn had terrible anxiety. But um, when I heard that, I was like, that's no life for a dog. Like, (laughs) how much do you want for her? I'll take her right now. And she said it was like 125 bucks. She just wanted a a rehome fee. And I'm like, I wasn't prepared for this. So let me walk to the the gas station real quick. I'll grab you some cash. And and that that was the story. She became my pup that day. (laughs) I'm I'm big into like old school um, Renaissance type stuff and, and movies and videos. And she sat down and sat up and put her chin up in the air like she was in charge of everything and she just looked so ladylike i was like lady evelyn <laughs> so that's where i came up with her name so her name was was actually lady evelyn kodiak munson did you feel a bond with her right away oh absolutely i have some anxiety issues myself um 
Give me a second. When I was 15, I was jumped, and uh, this side of my face is titanium. And uh, it, it created a lot of social anxieties. You know, I don't do crowds. I don't like to go out a lot. Um, I don't like to be in unfamiliar places. And uh, she latched onto that right away. And when I would have anxiety fits like this, she would nestle her head right underneath my arm. Ugh. Even as a puppy. And she would just snuggle me. And uh, that continued throughout her entire life. Like, I would come home and have a rough day at work. And when you have anxiety, it's different. Like, a hard day at work becomes more than a hard day at work. Especially when you were almost killed. You know, I was jumped. A kid punched me in the side of the face with a lead-lined glove and crushed my face. And uh, I stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with him, defended myself, walked home, called my own ambulance, and then discovered that my face had been crushed. Uh, and I went through facial reconstructive surgery and seriously three years of hell because the kid continued to show up, you know, places where I would go hang out. The kid only got 16 days in jail. So the anxiety was absolutely ridiculous. And having her, um, like, like I said, you'd come home from a hard day at work. And, and for me, it's not today was hard. It's who's going to try to kill me now. So I would get into bed and I'd get in the fetal position and just cry some days, which I've 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 grown far past that with her help. You know, she, I had her for 14 years, and uh, that's the part I miss about her the most. She's she definitely helped me grow, and you know, now nowadays I tell that story a lot to help other people, um, and I cry every time because I I want to stay in tune with it and I want to stay in touch with those feelings. But I I call upon it now as the best day of my life because I realized any day could be your last day at the age of fifteen. What a blessing! When you got Evelyn home, was there a moment you can think of where you thought to yourself, "Oh, she's okay. she's going to be okay." Um, <laughs> she slept in the bed with me the first night she was she was in the house. And a uh, funny story, she was she she was difficult in some ways when, when she was younger because she would get into things and you'd bathe her a lot <laughs> because I take care of my dogs. So when they get into a mess, you bathe them a ton. And uh, I, I sh actually showered with Evelyn one day because I was like, I'm going to get ready for work, but you just got into a mess. So let's do this. <laughs> I've done and that. She's She's in the shower with me and I shampoo. I had hair at the time. So I shampooed my hair and I was rinsing it off like this. And I look down and she's going like this in the water too, just to acting like she's rinsing off her hair too. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you are so my dog. And that was all that happened within the first like two weeks of me owning her. So these little things that you were like, yep, we're soulmates. <laughs> Um, I was I was in Bellevue, Washington. I had the the neighbor that was next to me moved out of her apartment, and the apartment complex went through and was renovating the apartment. Well, she had little tiny dogs. I think she had two or three, and she was a hoarder. So there was a ton of pee and poop, and they sealed the entire house with um, plastic bags, and then uh, they fumigated it. Essentially, they they chemically dosed the, the house when unfortunately our pipes connected underneath the sinks. So I came home and my entire house, it looked like it had snowed in my house. 
And what ended up happening is I got sick from the chemicals that, that had come into my house. Uh, the doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. They thought it was strep throat. Then they, they everything came back negative. So I went back and forth to the doctors and basically exhausted my, my funds. Um, I was running my own business at the time, buying and selling cars. You don't have health insurance when you run your own business unless you're successful. You know Where we're at now, I have insurance because of this kind of stuff. So I had to move. I packed everything that I had on a flatbed truck that I was using for my business, checked the forecast and was like, got to make sure that the forecast is clear because we don't want all my stuff getting destroyed. And the forecast said it wasn't going to rain at all. And then, of course, it downpoured the next day and it destroyed everything that I had on my truck. All your possessions? Uh, almost almost everything. I had my like computer, my suits expensive clothing and the things that like I valued like my personal item I had those all in my RX-7 which is a it was a 1979 RX-7 very small car so I called my at this point I'm trying to get the truck started trying to get my car started neither of them will start so I'm having issues across the board and I'm like I just I'm gonna get one of these started and I'm gonna go stay at a friend's house and figure out what I'm gonna do next like meditate and I called my friend was like hey I'm you know, this is what's going on. I'm basically I'm not getting evicted, but I have to be out of this place. So I got to go. Can I come crash on your couch? Absolutely. This was like November-ish. So I start to head up to Everett, which is about an hour away. And my car breaks down. An alternator that I had just put in the car um, failed. And I ended up on the side of the road. So I called my friend. I said, hey, I'm about 20 minutes away from you. So they came and picked me up. We're literally, we traveled around the highway, came back around to pick up the car to pull it off the highway. And it was already towed. No company, obviously I don't leave a business card. So now I have to track my car down, got back to the house. At this point, I have my clothes and my backpack. That's it. Evelyn was in the car with me. She's traveling with me. Now we're we're at uh, my friend's house and I've got her with me. Um, And at this point, I'm trying to find my car, right? And what is like, this is all incredibly stressful. What is Evelyn's like demeanor during all this? In my lap the whole time, because, you know, and if, if she wasn't in my lap, like I said, she would, she would snuggle underneath my arm and I would just pet her. So like, as I'm calling tow trucks, I've got her on my side and I'm just petting her. And that's, that's what she always was. You know, whenever I was dealing with anything stressful, if it's on a, on a phone call that was stressful, you know, like when you call the government to talk about taxes. Evelyn was right there. (laughs) And uh, so I call and I finally found out where the car was. And I went down to, you know, just take a look at it, figure out how much is the bill? What am I going to have to pay to get my car out? Because obviously I need a car to get back and forth to work. And Because at this point, I mean, I had a job the whole time. It's not like I there, there was no drugs involved. There was no, you know what I mean? So I go to the tow yard and... I, the guys are like, well, let's walk you out to your car, make sure it's your car. And as I'm approaching the car, I can see that the car is empty. Sure enough, I got over to the car and everything I owned was gone. My computer, my suits. I had three interviews coming up because I was going for a management position. Um, just everything gone. I had the clothes on my back and my backpack. Um, so I, at some point, I eventually got that car out of out of lockup. And I went to stay with this family and said, hey, um, you know, I'm I'm going to be getting out of here as soon as I can. But, you know, this is what's going on. This is what happened. That's going to cost $2,000. So, so on and so forth. So it, it was just hardship after hardship. 
And the icing on the cake was uh, Christmas Eve. I came home from work and the the father of this family I was staying with, he met me at the door and he said, you can't come home. And I said, wait, what just happened? And I had at the time I'd been, you know, I was paying them some money and I also was letting them use all my food stamps that I had um, to feed the house and everything. So it was it was I was just blindsided. Uh, and they I thought they were really good friends. And what had happened was, is his son had married. They had come home for Christmas and the wife didn't like me because she thought I contributed to her husband's alcoholism. So. Uh, don't even drink with Justin. I'm not a drinker. Like I'll have a drink here and there, but I'm not a big drinker. So I looked at him and was like, well, if you're kicking me out on Christmas Eve, I'm good. I don't want to come back at all. Like he said, well, just come back after Christmas. I'm like, that's not how this works. Like you're kicking me out on Christmas. So if you can just bring my stuff, there's not a lot of it. There's only a bag, but if you can bring my bag to the door, um, I'm going to take care of myself. And that's when I decided that I, I was better off homeless than trying to rely on the help of others because I, I'd, I'd done so much. And I, if you, again, if you follow any of our social medias, I do a lot for people. Um, and to be in my time of need and not have anyone step up to help was destruction. It was pure destruction for me. I tried to apply for every possible program there was for the government, but because I had a job, I couldn't get approved for any of it. I couldn't get housing assistance. The only thing I could get was $200 in food stamps. So I drove my 79 RX-7 that I finally got out of lockup. I replaced the alternator on it, and I drove it to uh, Renton Highlands. And there's an auto zone there that I worked. Scott was my manager, and I was a manager in training. And I parked that RX-7 in that parking lot, and I showered at the 24-hour fitness, and I worked at the auto zone. That's where I began my homeless journey with Evelyn. And uh, this is actually when the story gets pretty good. I, uh, the car, again, the car wasn't the greatest car in the world. So you don't take it on road trips. You don't drive it around. I used it for heat. I'd turn it on at night and fall asleep, shut it off, turn it back on when it got cold. And this was one of the worst winters we had in Washington. Snowed quite a bit. And I would let Evelyn out. She'd go the bathroom she'd come back in and if you know the size of an rx7 it's not a very big car um i literally slept in the same position that i drove in there was no space for me to sleep so i would sleep upright and evelyn slept next to me and uh, one night the car broke down and wouldn't start anymore so we didn't have heat and it was snowing like crazy um, I want to say this was 12 years ago, and if you look it up, they call you know it was like the first snowpocalypse that we had. If you ever look at hashtags and trending stuff, um, and the car broke down, I had no heat at all. So I looked next to me, and Evelyn was shivering like crazy. And in my mind, because of all that I had been through and how she had always been there for me, I was like, man, I've put this dog through absolute hell, and now she's cold, and I can't even keep her warm. So I took my jacket off and I gave her my jacket and I gave her my blanket. And I pretty much decided that I was probably gonna die that night. 
and I went to sleep. I fell asleep, I don't know how. It was freezing cold. And I woke up at like 2 o'clock in the morning. And everyone was across my chest. Somehow she had pulled the coat and the blanket over all of us. And she was keeping me warm. And it was that night that I really had a shift in my mindset that, you know what? You're going through a lot of crap. And the more you look at yourself as a victim, the more you're going to be a victim. You have to stand up for yourself. You have to take care of this dog. She's not going to go anywhere. You know, I let her out of the car several times. It was like, just go find somebody that can take care of you. You don't have to come back. And she would always come back. And she scratched my car, you know, which I always like, oh, damn you, dog. <laughs> but um, I realized that night that, you know, Evelyn was going to be my driving force. And the reason why I worked hard to change me. Um, I ended up, I got strep throat that night. Meanwhile, I'm going to work every day. Like, I'm hiding the fact that I'm sick, you know. But now with COVID and everything, I'd never go to work. And what did she do during the day while you were at work? Um, you know, it's it's wild because the guys at work didn't figure this out for, gosh, I want to say a month and a half. But I would, every break that I had, I would go out to the car. I would walk her. I would play with her. Um, I'd usually spent more than 15 minutes on my breaks. And then my entire lunch, I'd go out. And sh she got more attention then than she got in other times of my life because I was right there and she was always right there. Um, so she she chilled in the car. She hung out. And, you know, this was through winter. So it's not, you know, not. I, I'm thankful that it happened when it happened because if it were summer, I mean, what do I do? I can't leave her in the car. She can end up dying. Um, so I I'd always went out and took care of her, and she just chilled in the car. There were times when we were homeless that there was kids outside the car, and they had seen the car in the parking lot several days. And this car, the windows fogged up terrible at night because the seals were bad in the car. So you couldn't tell that we were inside of it. They were You could hear them standing outside talking about smashing the windows. Oh, wow. And again can't see anything evelyn usually wouldn't bark unless she felt or or saw the need to um she woke me up it was like two o'clock at night she woke me up her hair was all standing up and she was growling something fierce and i i started to listen and that's when i heard the conversation they were talking about smashing the windows and that's why she woke me up and i said get him <laughs> and she started barking and they were like oh there's somebody in that car <laughs> And they left. So on many occasions, she just her alarm, just her, yeah. her being vocal. And we, we just we had a connection and it was mm -hmm. a connection that transcends any connection with any human that I've ever known. I can't even tell you that how important pivotal that night was to my life, because now I give more than I've ever given in my entire life. But I'm secure. I have four walls. I have a home. I have two brand new cars. You know, I'm taking care of me first because if I'm not doing well, I can't give. And and Evelyn was the precursor to that. Um, you know, a lot of people look at the story and they're like, 
you know, you know, you fell down. How did you get back up? I didn't, I didn't ever stop. You know, this was a blip in my life. It was only three months that I was homeless. When you have a dog, you've got to pay first month, last month security deposit. <laughs> so after going through what I went through, it's not like you just have a random four grand sitting aside. So um, what ended up happening is within the first couple of weeks, obviously the ARC 7 wasn't the smartest idea. I fixed the, that car the next day. So we had heat every night after that. Um, and then within two weeks, I bought a, a truck for 600 bucks. At this point, the people at work at, at uh, AutoZone knew that I was homeless and living in my car and walking into work and showering at 24-hour fitness. So we joked about it. I upgraded to a condominium. <laughs> 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 That's, it was a, uh, a 77 Ford F-250 and had a, you know, a bench seat that me and Evelyn could snuggle on and lay on. I was a smaller, a little bit smaller at the time, about 260 pounds. So me and her could actually cuddle on the bench seat. And I did that for... I want to say another two weeks, the next check rolled in. And that's when I moved in with my my friend. So what when you moved into an apartment, finally, was Evelyn happier or was she just as happy when she was in the truck with you? She never changed. She was always happy. She was always and she you knew she was happy because she had she pants. She would she would open her mouth and pant in the in the car or in the house or wherever we were and she would just look at you with these big old bright eyes and just pant and uh i the, the first place i moved into i moved in with my roommate and i i stayed on the floor on an airbed in the living room and uh we had a blast we we take evelyn to the park i after being homeless and finally getting back uh, as many would say on my feet i spoiled the crap out of evelyn you know, so we went to, um, there's a park in Kent, Washington that used to be an old missile base. And it's really cool because you go up and there's a plateau area and then you come around and there's a little river and she would walk along that river and she loved to get in mud. She was a mud dog. If there was a mud puddle, she was laying in it and she would walk because she knew I would yell at her. She would walk <laughs> two feet in it and two feet out of it. Like, I'm not fully in the mud puddle, dad. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, we we went from that smaller, uh, was a, a one bedroom to a two bedroom. And I, I actually have a picture. I wish I could bring the camera out to show you. Um, it's her, she's she's going out to the water to find, a, uh, to get a, a log that's literally the size of a tree. <gasps> she's, she's trying to drag it back. We spoiled the crap out of her. And then the next step from that two bedroom that we got after that one bedroom was, um, I said, I want a house with a yard. You know, so over the course of three years, we went from a one bedroom with me sleeping on the floor with Evelyn to a two bedroom with us having our own space to a house where she had a yard. Mm. And that was for me, that was the yay. I, I finally gave back to the dog that saved me. You know, she I, I truly believe that if I didn't have that one night that I wouldn't be the man who I am today. You know, very similar to being jumped when I was 15. You know, I wouldn't be who I am today if I if it weren't for these hardships. And I wouldn't be the empathetic person that gives if it weren't for that dog. When she passed in September, it hit me really hard. Her body had just said it's time and it hit me super hard and and uh two months later my mom died. Uh. And then six days later, 
I dressed up as Santa. I'd called my dad and it was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do the food drive. And my dad's like, no, you're doing it. Your mom loved that about you. You have to do it. So um, I put on my Santa suit. And I went to Walmart. I spent over 18 grand that we had raised through a TikTok. And that TikTok was Evelyn's TikTok. <laughs> Got over 4.3 million views and raised over $22,000 for the food banks. So that whole day was a memory of Evelyn and, and my mom. And I was so renewed, like I didn't cry. I cried a little bit here and there, you know, we're in private talking about people and talking about my mom and talking about Evelyn. But in general, I was when you put on a Santa suit, something something changes. When people look at you, you have to smile. You have to be jolly. You have to laugh. So it's 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 not a burden at all. It's a it's a blessing. And I had a phenomenal day. So we the the, the wild part about this is we go through all this hardship, and you really struggle to grieve when it's happening over and over and over and over again. And that's not even counting. I lost my grandmother in May of the last year. So it was like one after another after another. And I was like, you know what, babe? I know we said we wouldn't get a dog until, you know, we got our house and we moved. We got a yard here and everything. I I, I need a dog. I need something to give love to and something to distract me from this, all this hardship. I, I had somebody send me a post that was, you know, it's it's a it's a picture, a picture, a picture, a picture, and you scroll through them, and it was a dog passing, and the dog is in heaven, and he's talking to to Jesus, and he's looking down. He says, "Why is my owner crying?" And it moves on to the next page. He says, "Well, because he misses you. He's sad." He says, "Well, I don't want him to cry," and Jesus says, "I have one more thing that I need you to do," and in that last picture is that dog with a puppy. And Jesus says, I need you to train this dog and I need you to send this dog to your owner. And uh, we decided to get uh, Luca. And Luca, full circle, and this this wasn't planned, but I was asking Andrew and talking about Luca. Luca was living in a car with his owner. Oh. So Luca has the same anxiety problems that Evelyn had from being too close all the time. And I was like, bet Evelyn lives on. I'm going to help this dog because of what Evelyn taught me. And next year we're moving into a house and we're, our, our sole purpose is land. Mm-hmm. I don't even care if I have a 600 square foot house. I've lived in an RX-7. I just <laughs> Lots of land for the dogs, um, and we just want to we want to provide for animals in need. That's where my passion is, and it's because of of Evelyn saving my life. But in caring for an animal, you care for yourself, and it's just funny how that works. That we we care for the dogs, and that the dogs in turn create the need for us to care for ourselves. You know, going through the hardships I've been through, and been been through um, being homeless with Evelyn. I don't care about things. I don't. I don't care about money. So I have no fear of of not having things. My fear is that when I pass, I want people to remember the spirit of myself and the spirit of Evelyn as giving spirits. She's always been a giver. 
she's always she's always giving of herself and and it was you could see it it was the way she would approach people and the way she would like you know open her neck like scratch me here this will make you feel better so evelyn knew um sit speak story which was when she would go and you would say and what else and she would go um, she'd do Michael Jackson, which was a bark. She would go, and my mom actually taught her that. And it was to mimic Michael's ja- Michael Jackson's hee-hee. If, if Evelyn were in front of you right now and she understood human English, what would you like to say to her? Thank you. It's not simple. Just thank you. And I'll see you soon. (laughs)